0: Hello everybody, welcome to this next edition of the One Million by One Million Podcast. We are again speaking about investment in startups. And today my guest is Amos Ben Meyer from Sandhill Angels. Amos, welcome to the show.
1: Oh thank you, Suamana. Uh, thanks, thanks very much for having me on.
0: So um, I think what we should start with is having you introduce yourself a little bit to our audience, your history with um, startup investing and, and so forth, and, and you've been around for a long time. So what, what does the industry look like from your point of view, and what are the evolutions that you have traversed in this long association with the technology startup ecosystem?
1: Well, uh, let me give you first a little bit of background about my uh, um, myself and my career. Um, yeah, I've been, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was in the uh, semiconductor and systems industry for uh, a little over 25 years. I um, I spent most of that in um, various engineering roles, and um, as as I as I got more experience, moved into executive level positions, uh, and led large engineering teams, um, um, most of uh, most of the focus was in uh, high performance microprocessors and and the high performance memory subsystems. Um, in uh, in 1989, I moved uh, to Silicon Valley, and that's really when I started my uh, startup career. Uh, I ended up and
0: you moved really, from israel
1: yeah yeah that's right actually it was it was my third move from israel I, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah i I'd, I'd moved as a child uh, lived on the east coast uh then I moved again in nineteen eighty six for a year and a half went back and then uh finally came back in nineteen eighty nine and mm-hmm. um and uh, that's when I started my uh startup career uh over the years, I ended up uh, uh, working either as an early employee or a founder of six startups. Uh, four of those had, uh, I'd say, pretty good um, exits, and two of them uh, shut down. And so mm-hmm. that, that going through the startup cycle myself is what got me interested in uh, the process of building a company, financing it. And uh, eventually led me to uh, start investing. Uh, so, so I um, I exited my uh, uh, last operating role at the beginning of 2014, and that's when I joined joined Sand Hill Angels. Uh, became pretty active there as an investor, and then joined the board of directors. Uh, and I'm on my third year serving on the board. Um, as far as uh, uh, when I started investing in startups, say I dabbled with it a little bit around uh, 1999 and 2000, and mm-hmm. then uh, uh, got busy with operating roles, so I uh, didn't have much time for it, and then uh, started again in 2013, and um Sort of uh, over the last five years, became uh, really uh, focused, pretty much uh, as a full-time angel slash venture investor. Okay. And have, and have invested in about 70 companies over that period in various stages. Um, yeah, so that that uh, maybe answers. And do you invest only in
0: with Sandhill Angels, or do you invest outside of Sandhill Angels as well?
1: Uh, so I, I invest uh, – uh, some, some of my deals are with Sandhill Angels. Some of them are outside, um, uh, direct. And then uh, some of them are uh, through syndicates. I've done a few uh, on AngelList as well as um, a number with a, uh, uh, a syndicate uh, organization called Our Crowd. And mm-hmm. they're, they're based in Israel. So, so um, yeah, and geographically, uh, I would say the majority of my investments are on the West Coast, um, mostly in Silicon Valley or in the Bay Area, some, mm-hmm. um, uh, some in uh, Southern California and uh, and a couple in uh, Seattle, uh, then on the East Coast, New York City and Boston. And, and then uh, I've done a good number as well in Israel, but that's... Uh, I see. So yeah. So so. so let that, me um,
0: let me try to um, let me try to ask you some questions that would help us understand um, how to work with you for our entrepreneurs. Uh, first and foremost, let's um, double click down on Sandhill Angels. Could you please explain to our audience how Sandhill Angels works? What would be the procedure for us to work with you? Our entrepreneurs to work with you, and um, you know, let's say you are interested in in a company. How would we go about it? What size of investments could we, should we think about doing with the Sandhill Angels group, and and let's kind of build upon that, and then we'll come to your other methods of investment. Sure.
1: Uh, so uh, Sandhill Angels uh, is an organization that has about a hundred members. Uh, the organization has been around for a long time uh, since I think, I think it was founded around the year 2000, uh, but it's evolved over the years, and it uh, looks quite different today than it did when it started. Uh, I've been with the organization since 2014, and um, uh, we do on average uh, about, um, I'd say, 40, 40 to 50 deals a year. Um, and uh, a good a good chunk of those are new investments. Some are follow-ons. And we,
0: we what is an average check size from the uh, well? Check size, perhaps, is not the right word. Just since you're uh, investing in a group, uh, what is the average round size? Is probably the right answer, right question.
1: So I, I'd say uh, the sweet spot, at least uh, what I've seen over the years that I've been a member, is between 125,000 to 250. Uh, I think that's where most of the deals fall. Uh, yeah. Those, those are those are for new investments uh, for follow-on. And then in the
0: 125 to 150 thousand dollar round. You know, 125
1: to 250.
0: Oh, 125000 to $250,000 round. How many investors would typically be part of a round like that? Six, eight, 10, 20?
1: Uh, I'd say on average, 10.
0: 10, okay.
1: Uh, yeah. And uh, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. and But uh, we end up as uh, one entry on the cap table because we invest through an LLC structure. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah. it is a check but, size. Yeah, so that gives you a, a – the, the uh, minimum check size is 50K. We don't do less than that. And at least three members need to be interested in the deal and a minimum of 50K. And then we've done larger check sizes than 250. Um, it varies. It can be uh, – you know, I think we've done as high as, as – as, or as close to a million um, – but like I say, it varies. Those are those are outliers. The, the sweet spot. Is and the is it
0: whole, one LLC that does all your deals, or are you doing a special purpose vehicles for each of them?
1: Uh, it's a relatively comp- uh, complex structure. We do uh, um, we do annual LLCs, and uh, within within an annual LLC, we have what's called a class,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so. Uh, if we do 10 new deals, let's say in 2018, they'll all fall under the same LLC, but in different classes. And and uh, any any uh, like let's say a company, uh, let's say we do a new investment in 2018, creates a class for that company within that LLC. Uh, if a follow-on investment happens for that company in 2019 or 2020, it'll be done under the same Entity in the same same class. Uh, the uh, the uh, companies that we invest in don't see the class structure; they just see the LLC. Um, but uh, I mean, this is something we've done and put together with uh, the help of, uh, of a legal firm we work with. And it's uh, okay.
0: So, from the company standpoint, they don't need to know about all these details. They just need to know that uh, they're yeah. basically working with. One person in the group who's going to lead the deal and and exactly. bring in the syndication from the group.
1: Yeah, so so to the company, we look like a syndicate, really. Although yeah. uh, when when they, when they're going through our process, they may interact with more than one person. But after we make the investment, uh, there's just one person that interacts with the company.
0: Um, Got
1: it. So so in that sense, uh, you know, the group. Uh, operates like a syndicate, but, um, um, yeah,
0: so. And what about your other um, syndicate group? Does it have the same kind of structure, the Israeli one?
1: Well, so the Israeli one is interesting. Um, yeah, I'll give them a little bit of PR here. Uh, <laughs> our, our crowd is actually a venture firm. It was formed in around... Uh, think around twenty thirteen by uh, an experienced Israeli venture capitalist by the name of john medved um, mm-hmm. and what what they did was um, uh, basically uh, raised a fund of their own and uh, they vet deals like a a normal venture firm would but they also um, you know they built this uh platform an accredited investor platform where uh, they take part of the allocation that they get in a deal and make it available to their accredited investor network. Mm-hmm. And so so their, their accredited investor network is global, and it's uh, probably um, around 20,000 people, I think, is one of the last estimates I heard. And uh, they invest about uh, 50% of their investments are in Israeli companies and 50% are uh, outside of Israel. Now, when I say Israeli mm-hmm. companies, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be geographically in Israel. Uh, it can be, uh, uh, you know, one Israeli founder that started a company in the U.S. Um, and so they, they, they have a global footprint. They, they invest in North America, in Israel, in Europe, in India, and also um, in South Southeast Asia. Um, Interesting yeah they are i mean you can you can find out more it's a about very them.
0: broad footprint from a, a geographic yeah, yeah. standpoint
1: yeah i mean as an example uh they, they do get access to some really interesting deals i uh, i invested in uh i invested in hyperloop one through them
0: ah, which all right
1: is yeah so so uh, and and you have a choice of whether you want to invest in Very early stage companies or later stage, Um, so they're they're primarily uh, I'd say they're a good a good option for investors that are looking uh, to diversify their portfolio across across, uh, stages and across sectors as well. They have yeah quite a broad broad um, sector.
0: Um, and uh, what about um, your personal sweet spot? When, if you were to lead a deal in either of these syndicates or personally, um, what your background is in semiconductors is that what what is the sweet spot or comfort zone in terms of investments?
1: So, so it's interesting. I mean, I don't actually uh, do many semiconductor deals. I think in my portfolio of uh, of semi- of um, of startups. I have maybe two semiconductor investments, and they're both software, not hardware. So, um, uh, I'm so what a, I'm can you actually
0: this uh, just just for my own curiosity? I have worked in, in the semiconductor industry as well, so I have some knowledge of the industry. When you say software in semiconductor in the semiconductor industry, what does that mean? Can you talk about what those so, deals so, are?
1: So yeah, one of the companies is is doing yield enhancement. And okay so they provide they provide a, uh, a a suite of software tools to allow um, allow semiconductor companies um, to improve yield yeah. uh, by significant amounts so that's mm-hmm. one um, so it, it, you know you can you can you can call that an EDA tool uh, in reality the company uh, the company's software is not specific to semiconductors, but that's the first vertical that they chose.
0: Yeah, I see. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh so this is a next generation
0: PDF solutions of some sort? Uh,
1: it it um uh, well I guess you can you can compare it to PDFs in some sense. Uh, I. I think they're uh um like I said they're they're broader in what they're capable of doing. But uh Okay. But yeah, the the the, the focus
0: uh
1: the focus is, is, So it's not yeah. a semiconductor
0: company at all. It's more in the tools and optimization category not not at all a semiconductor company
1: yeah yeah I, w- I would agree and then the other one is is um it's an i it it's a um, a company that's doing uh, generators for analog type circuits but in the digital domain uh and so they they sell software and it um, mm-hmm. that allows allows uh, Companies to easily generate things like PLLs and DLLs and LDOS and all sorts of other um, circuitry that has traditionally been uh, in the domain of analog design, but they can do it mm-hmm. in the digital domain. So, so I, I generally stay away from semiconductor investments. You know, the the heyday yeah. for semiconductors was the uh, 90s and maybe uh you know, into the early 2000s. Um, uh, yeah, I, I tend to uh, focus more on, um, well, I'm a generalist, really, is the way I would describe it. So um, I like um, I like seeing startups that are doing interesting technologies in, in various spaces. Uh, if it's a business I understand or I can understand, and if the founding team is really strong and committed, and and have domain expertise, um, then I'll, I'll I'll be interested in that company. So I've done investments in, um, I've done some investments in biotech, digital healthcare, robotics, autonomous driving, uh, mm-hmm. cannabis, um, uh, sustainability startups um, that are doing um, sustainable agriculture and food, clean energy. I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I've looked at um, actually done one space related startup, and um, yeah, a lot. And and I f- tend to focus more on enterprise uh, level yeah. startups, meaning the selling to businesses. Uh, but uh, I I do uh, look at also some um, consumer, um, but very few. In terms so of the, let market. so let me
0: ask you a question about when you're looking at enterprise deals, what Um, are you comfortable with in terms of validation level? um, Are you looking for paying customers, product-ready but not yet customers? What is the stage comfort?
1: Yeah, so I would say for myself personally, as well as uh, generally speaking for Sandhill Angels, we don't do many deals that are at the proof-of-concept stage meaning
0: that
1: mm-hmm. it's an idea on a napkin and you need some money to prove it out. Uh, we do not do uh, many deals like that. Most of our deals are with our uh, seed stage deals, but with companies that have either um, bootstrapped, gone through an accelerator, um, and have actually developed um, a minimum viable product and have had some traction with uh, customers either in the form of pilots or in actual contracts, and um, and so that's where we, that's where it starts to get interesting uh, for us, mm-hmm. and me personally. Um, so, and, and I think uh, um, in general, uh, the majority of, of uh, seed investors tend to operate this way nowadays. There are yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> there are, yeah,
1: there are a minority of firms and individuals that invest in what I call more proof concept. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so okay. that, gives, that gives you a sense of, of where we start to look at companies and where it gets interesting. For us. So let
0: me ask you a slightly different question, and this is um, in the dimension of TAM. Um, you know, there are, right now, there are, a very large number of VCs operating in somewhere in the spectrum of pre-seed, seed, post-seed, pre-Series A, and small Series A. So, you know, anywhere between fifteen million dollar funds to hundred million dollar funds, maybe hundred fifty million dollar funds. Um, mm-hmm. The bigger yeah. ones, the two hundred, three hundred million onwards, they start to do larger Series As. But right. if you to look at the this kind of smaller funds. All the way from the micro VCs to the small VCs, um, we see um, we see a, you know, a very large majority of them still looking for billion dollar TAM ideas. Is that a requirement for your investments, or do you also consider stuff that are smaller TAM? Ideas that could be better as acquisition exits—you build them as capital-efficient uh, businesses and then sell to a, you know, corporate strategic acquirer, uh, you know, relatively early in its cycle. Is that something of interest to you?
1: Yeah, um, uh, good question. Uh, I would say, generally speaking, we look for larger TAMs. Um, and I mean, uh, uh, if, if a startup, if we see a path for them to get, um, to the tens, or uh, maybe over a hundred million in revenue, then that, you know, that would be an interesting opportunity. But again, we look, we look for startups that have bigger, um, uh, you know, bigger opportunities in terms of uh, total addressable market, as well as the mm-hmm. specific percentage of that market that they can obtain. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so if, if 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 we if a startup comes to us and and um, you know the market size is uh, maybe a couple hundred million, and they think they could maybe get just ten percent of that for twenty million. Um that's not that interesting. Um mm-hmm. but uh, uh sometimes I think uh um uh, sometimes we do make those types of investments, uh though they're they're rarer I would say. They're not they're not our typical investment. And I mm-hmm. I, I, typically, I typically as as an, you know, as an individual, whether outside of Sand Hill or within Sand Hill, I don't uh, usually participate in those types of deals. Okay. Uh, um, and
0: what so, is your um, read of Silicon Valley's obsession with unicorns?
1: Well, um, I mean, I, as, as an angel slash venture investor, I mean, uh have this different perspective on it. Of course, if you're a, if you're a big fund, uh, the economics are such that you have to be preoccupied with you know swinging for the fences, like you know, getting multi-billion dollar uh, exits uh, because the economics of, of the fund require it. Um, so they're looking for exits that'll return uh, the whole fund. Um, and for that, they need to put a lot of money to work, and, and to um, to get a significant exit, um, because they end up owning maybe 15% of the company of a company when an exit happens. But um, as an angel slash mentor investor, I would be happy with uh, um, you know um, a smaller multiple, like uh, you know any, any, anything above 10x is is fine. So I'm, I'm, you know, if if uh, if a company I, I invest in uh, can get um, can get an exit that's a couple hundred million dollars, and that means more than a 10x return for me um, and for 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 the other investors that were involved, uh, you know, I consider that a success. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is an asset as an investor. This is an asset class that uh, has has. Uh, um, very high risk and the majority of investments end up being losers. So, yeah, uh, and there are ways to, there are ways to, to mitigate that depending on how you build your portfolio and, and whether you do just er- early stage or later stage. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, um, yeah, so I, I, I do the unicorn mania, as you call it, something that uh, larger funds require and uh, not so much you don't uh,
0: necessarily need to be part of that what yeah, although, um, although in, in the portfolio uh,
1: have a, I do have a, a couple of companies that are valued over a billion dollars so um,
0: so uh, can you talk about this I was just about to ask you what are the highlights of your portfolio so let's let's do that next
1: yeah so so um, I mean I've had a um, a number of exits have been um, uh, between small to, to reasonable, uh, but the, uh, um, yeah, the the particular company uh, that is now um, worth more than a billion. The um, two companies one is one is Juul Labs, which is mm-hmm. a uh, an electronic cigarette company, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I shouldn't say too much because they're they're still private and and um, they very 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 strong revenues um, and may go public within the next couple of years uh, that that is um, I mean some people frown on that type of investment it's um, uh, because it is uh, in the cigarette space but um, it is an electronic cigarette and um, healthier than the uh, than than the traditional tobacco um, tobacco leaf cigarette. So uh, so that's been that's been a good one uh, both for for me and and for the group. Um, and then another one which I made outside the group is a company called Glass Point Solar, um, which is um, um, it's a solar company that's. Using solar energy to generate steam for an enhanced oil recovery in the oil and gas industry, okay. um, and they've uh, um, they've got a huge facility that they've built for PDO in Oman, and they um, they recently um, they recently got a, a big contract here in California. Uh, with, I think the company's name is Era, and uh, um, and they're they've got they're going to be building a huge steam generation facility at the uh, Ridgefield field near near Bakersfield, Bakersfield, California. So so uh, uh, yeah, in in general, uh, uh, traditional enhanced oil recovery has used natural gas to generate steam. Uh, what this company has done is it's replaced that with uh, um, with with solar mirrors that, uh, that uh, reflect the uh, sun's rays and focus them on uh, pipes that are carrying water, and that uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that focus of energy on the pipes uh, uh, causes the water to turn into steam, which feeds into the uh, directly into the steam injection in a, in a uh, uh, in, in a mature oil field that needs uh, to pump uh, steam into the ground to extract oil. Uh, so that's been a good one there. Um, uh, I mean, these are these are huge deals, the one the one um, in Oman and, and the one here in California, and they've got a, a strong pipeline of additional deals. So um, uh, that's looking like it'll... Did so yeah, you
0: look at... 2017, the deal flow that you have encountered, what trends do you see?
1: Yeah, so so, um, well, a lot of a lot of uh, AI and machine learning being applied sort of everywhere.
0: Yeah, um, it's everybody everywhere. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I recently invested in in an
0: interesting company
1: called uh, BioCatch, which uses uh, behavioral biometrics to authenticate uh, users um, that are using financial and e-commerce applications either on their desktop or their their, uh, mobile um, mobile device. Yeah, Uh, and so that that, uh, through AI methods and machine learning methods, they create a profile of biometric behavior um, which is which is very interesting um, a lot of a lot of uh, AI and machine learning went into that but that's uh, we see a trend uh, uh, a lot of companies applying that to products selling into the enterprise uh, I've seen uh, quite a number of space related startups um, uh, whether it's to uh, uh, deploy um, deploy microsatellites in space for internet coverage or for imaging, um, or for various other, other, uh, things. Um, a lot of, uh, sustainability startups in the food and agricultural space. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Like, like, uh, you know, the Memphis meats, uh, and, um, those types of companies. Uh, everybody's, uh, been uh hearing and, and seeing uh crypto startups mm-hmm. is, uh, whether it's uh crypto infrastructure or icos um uh i've stayed away from the space because uh, i think it's uh it's not clear where things are going
0: to fall yeah um very unclear. Uh, <laughs>
1: A lot, lot of robotics and autonomous uh, uh driving related startups. Um and those are interesting all all, all aspects of uh of autonomous driving, whether it's LIDAR or radar or or the software that's going to be making sense of all the uh the sensors in a car to try and uh and and understand what, what the car is seeing. Um and um yeah and 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 we're seeing interesting deals in uh, healthcare and biotech. Um
0: Yeah, healthcare of, is very interesting. I think healthcare is one of the most interesting fields right now.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of work going on in the gene editing space and and the uh, um yeah, in in, in genomics so uh and also in in just um uh Accumulating data on on patients and and being able to uh, use that data in in various yeah. ways. So um, yeah, so there's a lot of interesting startups. Uh, these are the kind of trends that we're seeing. But I mean, you n- name a uh, you know name the latest trend, and we're probably looking at it.
0: Uh, yeah, including including
1: cannabis. Uh, I have one cannabis uh, investment as well.
0: So. Yeah, we don't do those. <laughs> we we, don't, we, don't <laughs> we do only do technology and technology-enabled services, and absolutely not on to cannabis. All right. Well, that's actually a very good overview of uh, your activities, and uh, I think our audience has got a pretty good flavor of what you like to invest in and and what you're seeing in the in your ecosystem. So we will uh, continue. Uh, you know, as we go on, I, I think we'll uh, get together in person shortly. And uh, thank you for sharing your thoughts.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh,
0: and uh, audience, thank you for listening. We will uh, come back with more, as as you know. Meanwhile, if you'd like to use the online roundtables to come and get some mentoring, go to the website, one by one mcom and go to free public roundtables and register to pitch or attend. That's one of the ways that you will learn by actually working on your project with me. And uh, we will see you soon with another edition of the One Million by One Million podcast.